Father, we ask that you would be gracious to us, that we would hear the Lord Jesus speak to us. We pray that our hearts would be warmed by the assurance of salvation. We pray this for his praise and his glory. Amen. If there's one thing the United Kingdom does very well, it has to be the pomp and ceremony surrounding the monarchy. Now even if you're not into the royals, you have to concede that Britain shows the world how to do royalty. It's one thing to watch the big state occasions on TV, the state opening of Parliament when the Queen travels in her carriage with the soldiers forming a guard. Or think of the royal wedding a few years ago. It's even better though to stand outside Buckingham Palace to watch the changing of the guard or to visit the Tower of London. In one of the uh, halls in the Tower of London, the crown jewels are on display. Have you ever been to see the crown jewels in the Tower of London? You walk through a series of corridors which show video clips of the coronation. There are details of the various items that you're about to see. And then you find yourself in a darkened room. You step onto one of those uh, travelator things, you know, the kind of moving uh, floor. And it takes you slowly past the crown jewels. The spotlights are carefully positioned so that the diamonds sparkle. The precious stones in the crown are dazzling. It's, it's almost enough to take your breath away. When we think of a monarchy, when we think of a kingdom, when we think of a king, it's the United Kingdom we probably think of. Ceremony and splendour, pomp and circumstance. We expect to see a king high up on a royal balcony, adoring crowds waving and shouting. We expect the king to wear a crown of gold, dressed in the finest of robes. We expect the king to be powerful, commanding and regal. When we come to the foot of the cross, it's the last place we expect to find a king. A man in weakness, struggling to breathe, his hands and feet nailed to the wood. A man who is naked, except for a crude crown of thorns pressed into his head and a scarlet robe of his own blood. A man 
who is high up, held by a cross, watched by a hostile crowd who shout insults at him. Almost every verse that Wesley read for us tonight contains the idea of Jesus being a king. But what kind of king is found on a cross? The crowd and the rulers sneer at him in verse 35. He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ. Of God the chosen one. You see the Christ. The Messiah. Was the long promised king. God would send. To defeat enemies. And bring in his reign of prosperity. And peace. The hope was that the Christ. Would be an all conquering. Kick the Romans out. Kind of king. Now that might have seemed possible on Sunday when the crowds cheered and the Christ came. But those hopes are long gone. This Christ has only made it to a Roman cross. The enemy has won, it seems. He can't even help himself now, even though he seemed to help other people. That if, if you are the Christ of God, that if is a stinging rebuke, a declaration that this is no king. The soldiers. Join in the chorus. They're used to crucifying criminals, thieves, petty political prisoners, the odd rebel leader. But this one, this one is special. This is one to write in the diary, a story to tell back at the barracks later. One of the men we crucified today. (laughs) He even thought he was the king of the Jews. That's what we do to pretenders to the throne. The king of the Jews was no match for King Caesar's men. And so they mock him. They offer him wine vinegar, a sour, foul-tasting drink to quench thirst. And they join in that chorus of if. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. If you are the king, because we know you're not. What king ends up on a cross? Only a defeated one. They continue their mocking by the sign above his head. You see when the Romans crucified you. They wanted to make sure that no one else would be stupid enough to do the same things that you were doing. 
They were in effect saying this is what happens to this type of people. So don't think of doing it yourself. And in verse 38 we find the notice. And Jesus notice says this. This is the king of the Jews. Here's how we deal with delusional king types. Don't try it yourself. Now as if all that wasn't bad enough, one of the criminals who was being crucified at the same time hurled insults as well. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and save us as well. If you're a king, then can't you get us out of this? Notice how everyone so far has told Jesus to save himself. The irony being that for Jesus to save anyone else, he cannot save himself. He must go through the agony of the cross. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other criminal, well, he was different. Out of all the accusing voices that Luke records, the other criminal doesn't join in. He recognises that he is getting his just deserts, that the punishment fits his crime. Listen to what he says. Don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. He might have heard Pilate's verdict of innocence. He had walked along the road with Jesus as they carried their crosses. He had listened as Jesus prayed forgiveness for those who crucified him. All that he has seen and heard that day show that there's something different about this man on the middle cross. There are no trappings of royalty. Everyone else thinks that this king is just a joke. Perhaps even an April Fool. Something to mock. Something to laugh at. But this criminal recognises Jesus as his king. He stakes his faith on the kingdom of Jesus. He makes a request, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It seems outrageous. It almost defies belief. This man still thinks that Jesus is going to come into a kingdom. That a man who struggles for breath will utter royal commands. That a man who is pinned to a cross will sit on a throne. 
that the man who is mocked will be honoured. That the man who dies in shame will reign in majesty. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know what comes next. You're probably mouthing the words uh, inside at this precise moment. But for a moment, find yourself standing at the foot of the cross that day. Imagine yourself there watching as this takes place. The criminal has uttered astonishing words. But they're followed by even more amazing words. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I tell you the truth. This is King Jesus' solemn word and promise. This isn't just an empty word made to give false hope to a dying man. This is the truth from the one who is the truth. He says today. On this very day, not at the end of time, not after a lengthy spell in purgatory, not after you've gone through hoops and hurdles, today. Who? You will be with me. The dying thief and his dying saviour, personally In spirit, together, not drifting in soul sleep, not a ghostly angelic presence with harps and wings. You will be with me. Where? In paradise. In perfect peace. In the presence of God where there is no more pain or suffering. Just the joyful knowledge and experience of God. What a promise. So often we think that becoming a Christian is something complicated. As if there was a checklist of things to do. Get baptised. Go to church, pray, pay in, read your Bible, go on a mission trip, join the cleaning rota, take Holy Communion and a million other things. This criminal did none of them. He simply did what the scripture says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The hymns that we love put it so well. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Or in that other hymn, there is a fountain filled with blood. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there have I, though vile as he, washed all my sins away. 
Jesus gives this wonderful promise of assurance. That you can be sure of your place in heaven. You can be sure that you have been saved if you have made Jesus your king. And have trusted in him. What a great encouragement that is. What a wonderful promise of assurance. Even in his dying moments. With almost his last breath. This man turned to Christ and found salvation in him. And yet the first bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryan, urges us not to think that we can just wait until our last breath to call on Christ. He says this, One thief was saved that no sinner might despair, but only one that no sinner might presume. You see, there were two criminals crucified that day. But only one turned to Christ. Only one found salvation in Christ. The other continued to reject him. This word of Jesus brings a challenge to us tonight. We hear the Lord speaking to the dying thief. But have we heard this promise for ourselves? Have you the assurance that when you draw your final breath, that you too will be with Jesus in paradise? If not, then seek the Saviour tonight. Look at your King, crucified for love of you, to bring you safely in. And come to him and bow the knee to him. Call on him. And find salvation and assurance. There's also a word of hope. A word of encouragement for those of us who mourn at this time. That our loved ones who have trusted in Christ have also received this promise. That they are not lost. That they are safely in the shepherd's fold. In paradise with Christ himself. Perhaps you've been a Christian for a while. You have trusted in Christ but you're wavering in your hope. The knocks of life have made you doubt your destiny. The promise of Christ has been Forgotten, drowned out by other voices. Listen afresh as your king speaks tonight. As Peter writes in his second letter, be assured that you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Listen to the Lord Jesus as he answers your cry. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And listen as Jesus replies, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for this wonderful promise of life and hope and full assurance. We rejoice in our Saviour who died for us. Help us to know uh, that great assurance in our lives tonight. Help us to walk with Christ and to be ready to be with him for all eternity. We pray this in his precious name. Amen.